You are blessed. Amen. Man, praise God. <clears throat> you know, I was telling them in the bookstore, I want to tell you all also because this is just blows my mind. Um, and there may be some person out there that you're a technical person and you say, oh, well, that, that happened like this, but I don't know. I, uh, I have an excavator and, and uh, this, it, it doesn't use DEF, but it has uh, an emission system on it and, and, it, it, and, and it's been running perfect forever. And then here all of a sudden it started messing up on me and it'll throw a code. When it throws a code, well, then the thing loses power and it won't run. <clears throat> and so... I've talked to technicians, I've talked to everybody, and basically they say there's just a, you know, it's like a bug in the system, and, you know, I mean, they're down to telling me to pull the wires loose and blow on it and put them back together, and it'll work, you know, and so it's craziness, and so anyway, I was trying to finish up a, a job, and and uh, <clears throat> I was hurrying, I wanted to get through, and then all of a sudden, boom, it does, it throws a code, lose all my power, can't work, and so that morning when I was up praying, I, I had really prayed that day, uh, and, and it was just on my heart. I was just praying, God, I just thank you that everything I put my hands to prospers. You bless me. And I'm a blessed man. And everywhere I go and everything I do prospers. And so I thought about it for a minute. And I said, well, Lord, this isn't what I wanted to happen. I didn't want that to mess with this today. And, but it was about, it was a little after lunch. And I said, I'm just going to go eat lunch. Forget it. Just, just turn the thing off. So I was going to go eat lunch. And so when I was sitting at lunch, I said, well, Lord, there's two ways I see this. <clears throat> One is... You're either going to give me the wisdom to go back over there because the technician had given me all like passcodes to enter into the monitor and then you could go through this and you clear it. But I hadn't done it in a while and I forgot how to do it. And so I said, Holy Ghost, you're either going to, have to show me how to do it or you're just going to fix it. And so I went back after lunch, got on the thing, turned it on, got it. Got into the monitor, trying to clear the code, trying to remember how to do this and going through the whole thing. And finally, I got through in and then it, I hit the button and it said, no, there's no codes. And I'm like, well, there is codes. It just dinged on me. The dumb thing just shut down, you know. And so I thought, well, maybe I'm in the wrong screen. And so I went to another screen and tried to do it there, you know, and it said no codes, no codes found. And I'm like, I know there's codes in there. I saw it beeping right before I left. And I had no, nobody started the machine. Nobody's turned thing on. So I've been sitting here dead the whole time. And so I cleared everything back off, got to the deal, turned it on, looked up the little monitor, no codes. Started thing up, just run like a champ. So I said, well, Holy Ghost, all I can say is that must mean that it was easier for you to supernaturally fix the machine than it was to tell me and teach me how to go back through and do it. So, you know. I don't know. I don't know what happened, how he did it. But, you know, bless God, I guess he just said, man, let's just fix it. Robert will never get him through this. And so. But anyway, it's just one of those crazy things, you know. And so anyway, I want to finish up tonight because I didn't finish my Sunday's message. It was too long. And I want to finish it up tonight about God's got your back. You know, the world right now is just, you know, I mean. I was again, I was in prayer and I was I was asking the Lord about everything. And it's like. Okay, Jesus came to give us life, right? And life more abundantly, John 10, 10. But the thief, he came to kill, steal, and destroy. And then in John 8, it talks about Jesus said, you know, that the devil's the father of lies, right? And that he's also, okay, just think about this. Romans 12 tells us that Jesus is the author and the finisher of your faith. So if Jesus is the 
author of your faith, well, then the devil is the author of fear. And so what's going on in the world? You just notice it just it's like any every day. It doesn't make any difference what's going on. There's something else to throw fear into the hearts of people. I'm talking about not just Christians. I'm talking about everybody, you know, uh, interest rates going to go up. Inflation's going up. Cost of food's going up. Those are facts, right? But it throws fear in the hearts of everybody. You know, now they say we're going to run out of diesel. Then there's all this, you know, it just keeps going. Everything is fear. It's just creating within people a panic that that when any little thing drops or any new little sound happens, they're like, oh, you know, it's fear. Right. Well, God is not the author of that. And if anybody's the author of all of that, it's the devil. Right. And so, you know, and then again, you hear, you know, it's either North Korea shooting off nuclear missiles or, you know, Iran's getting ready to, you know, they got them hidden and they're going to do it to me. It's just like constant, constant, constant turmoil being stirred. But I just want you to know tonight, God's got your back. I want you to know this message I'm preaching should encourage you, should strengthen you because God has got your back. If you are born again, if Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior of your life, if you've asked him to, to, to be to forgive your sins and you want to be his child, then God has got your back. He says in all of his word, all of his promises, all of that's for him. And so the scripture I used Sunday was Romans 321 through 26. And so I'll just let me just read that scripture. It says, but now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe. For there is no difference for all have sinned and all fallen short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth as the propitiation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness, because in his forbearance, God had passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness that he that he written there is God, that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. So God is the one who said, look, we're not, you're not going to live by the law. That's not how you're going to get right by the law. You're going to get right by faith in Jesus. And I'm the one backing it up. I said, this is the way it's going to go. Anybody that believes in Jesus, I'm backing it up. Amen. That's almighty God. Yes. The God that created the heavens and the earth and all therein. Amen. The God that spun everything into existence. That's that God has got your back. Well, you know, it goes back to like Romans 8, 31. If God be for me. All right. And what are we going to say to these things? What things? All these things of fear that are out there, all these things that are going on in the world. If God's got your back. But see, I don't believe people believe God's got their back. I believe that there uh, that there's so many Christians out there that have no revelation of this scripture, have no revelation of what God's done. So they're living in life just by their own strength, their own ability, their own whatever their flesh or their mind can conjure up, which is not going to be good. Because if we're left to what we can conjure up and, and the way we're going to do it in our head, folks, I want to tell you something. You're in trouble. Because no matter how smart you are, there's always somebody smarter. Hello? Okay, so I started giving you these things. I, I, if you really wanted the whole message, go back to Sunday's message and listen to it. I started giving you um, 
the areas that we need to have faith in that God's got us in, right? And so the first one is that the devil didn't have any authority over you, Colossians 1.13. Second one was that sin has no dominion over your life, Romans 6.6. 6. Being crucified with Christ, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me, Amen. The third one was that this world system has no power over you because John 16, 33 says in this world, you're going to have tribulation. Well, what? Be a good cheer. I've overcome the world. Jesus has already overcome. He's already ma already made a way out. The fourth one was your faith is enough. OK, in first John five, four, it says, and whosoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. What? Our faith. And so you have faith inside of you that can overcome everything in this world. I don't care what it is. I don't care how complicated it is or how simple it is. God has a way, if you'll believe him, to make it work out. Okay, the fifth one was, is God will finish the work in you. Okay, Philippians 1, 6. He started a good work in you. He's going to finish it. Do you hear that? That scripture, I have quoted that scripture for my whole Christian life. That was one of the first ones I landed on. But I want to tell you something. It's just becoming more and more and more real to me today as I get older and realize that God has got me and he's going to get me completed. He's going to get my family complete. He's going to get my grandchildren complete. Because when I started this Christian walk, I'll be honest with you, I wasn't thinking about grandchildren. Huh? I was saved. I was young, man. I was in my 20s. I was, you know, strong as a bull and ready to go to work for the Lord. I thought I could get this whole thing wrapped up and we'd be out of here and be in heaven because there wouldn't be anybody left to get saved. No time at all. Had no intention of getting gray hair. All right. Somebody said the other day to me, he said, well, pastor, if you'd shave that beard off, you know, you wouldn't look as old. And I said, what are I going to do with the white hair? I mean, what am I going to do with this? I mean, I ain't going to get rid of that just because I got rid of this. I might as well just take it all and let it be glory. But anyway, the confidence is, is if God started working, he's going to finish it. The day you gave your, it's like, it's like this. The day you gave your heart to Jesus, God set it up and right there. Okay, we're going to finish the work of him. We're not starting this project and not finish it. You ever been by a house or something that, you know, it went into bankruptcy? You know, there was a there was a convenience store when you when you're headed towards Sabnow before you got to 1604 over there on the on the left that that something happened. It got started. Something went wrong. Bankruptcy or whatever. And that you saw it. The pumps were out there, but the store was never open. And you went drove by and you drove by and you looked over there wondering if it was going to open up. And wonder, man, let me tell you what God doesn't do that to you. Huh? He doesn't do that to you no matter how many years he's working on. You're a completed project. You're gonna, he's going to have the work finished in you. And then Jude 24 says, then Jesus is going to present you to the Father with a big smile on his face. I'm paraphrasing that, but that's what it says, right? Okay, so the sixth one was you were delivered from wicked men, okay? In 2 Thessalonians 3, 2 says we, that all men that we may be delivered from unreasonable wicked men for they don't all hold the faith. And so there's people out there in the world that are just going to be problems. Might as well just realize it. Might as well not, you might as well not wonder why they came along. They just did. All right. And then the last one I ended on Sunday was the seventh point was that you're delivered from the wrath. First uh, Thessalonians 1.10 says, And to wait for his son from heaven who he raised from the dead, even Jesus who delivers us from the wrath to come. There is a wrath of God that's going to come upon the face of the earth, upon all the unrighteous. It's going to happen. I don't know when. It's going to happen someday. I know that today we're a day closer to it coming to pass, but I cannot tell you when. The Bible says nobody knows except the Father. But 
it's happening. Amen. And I want to be on the right side. I want to be on the one who's delivered from the wrath of God. I want to know, man. You know, it's like when you were a kid. I don't know if you had an older brother or sister or younger or whatever, you know. I, when my older sister got in trouble, I just snickered and went into the other room because I wasn't in trouble, right? It wasn't me catching the wrath. It was her. And so, you know, bless God, it was a good feeling. Know that everybody wasn't mad at me. Well, I'm glad to know that at the same thing, the blood of Jesus over my life, man, God's not going to be mad at me. He's going to love me. He's going to take care of me. He's going to finish the work in me. That's a good feeling. Amen. So they can talk about all the things and they can talk about this time. The rapture is going to happen. This that's going to happen. This and no, no, we're going through this. All I know is wrath isn't being poured out on me. Amen. Amen. So that brings us to the eighth one tonight, which I didn't share on Sunday. So this is fresh. So Colossians 1.22, Colossians 1.22, it's one of my favorite scriptures. It says, in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy, blameless, and above reproach in his sight. The eighth point is, God's got it, got your back that you're holy. Now your wife might not think so, or your husband might not think you're doing too good. Hello? Somebody else might not think you're doing too good, might call to not notice this or that, the other. But, but the Bible says, it, listen, this is the most amazing fact about the power of the blood of Jesus. When the blood of Jesus is over your life, when God sees you, he doesn't see you. He sees the blood. Now, you say, well, I don't I'm, I'm not holy. I, I, I'm not blameless. I mean, I make mistakes all the time. Yes, you do. But you're under grace and sitting on top of grace is blood and the blood is speaking. Hebrews 12, 24 says the blood speaking over your life, speaking better things than the blood of Abel. All right. And what's it speaking? That Jesus was the perfect lamb who gave his life for all. Remember in, the, in, in Revelations uh, 5, I believe it is, maybe 6, where everybody in heaven's crying because nobody can open the seal. And then all of a sudden they said, wait, 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 there is one that can open a seal. It's the line of the tribe of Judah. He can open the seal. And here comes Jesus on the scene. Right. Nobody bucked him. Nobody stood up in heaven and said, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Now, who are you? Right. The devil didn't get up and scream, wait a minute. I don't think he was a perfect lamb. Nothing was said. Jesus walked up and popped the seal. Right. Well, that blood of his, the blind of the tribe of Judah is over you. And it says and it cries out over you that you're holy and blameless and unreprovable in his sight. Well, folks, if you're holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight, well, then what, what would stop you from going to the throne of God and walking right up to the bar and making your order? If there's a bar in heaven or whatever, just give me that one, okay? Belly right up to the bar and say, bless God, I need healed. Well, pastor, who do you know me? Who do you think you are? You can't really talk like that. Say, well, I don't. I can't. Robert in my flesh can't. But Robert under the blood of Jesus can. Because God's backing me up and he set this in order, not me. He said righteousness comes through what I'm putting in play. His name's Jesus. He's my son and everybody's going to respect him. When Jesus appeared to John 
on the Isle of Patmos in Revelations 1, he says, I have the keys of heaven and of, I have the keys of hell and of death. Me, I got them. And the grave. I got hold of everything. In Ephesians 1, when he talks about uh, uh, that all authority is given to Jesus, all of it, in heaven, on earth, and under the earth, everything's been given. Right? Well, I'm glad I got his seal on me. I'm glad when somebody wants to know, well, what makes you special, Robert? I ain't nothing special in Robert. There's something special what's over me. It's called the blood of Jesus, which makes me holy and righteous and unblameable before God in his sight. If you can't, listen, if you're listening to this and you're saying, yeah, that guy's just nuts. You know, he just, you know, he's, he's out of it tonight. And, and you're sitting there because you know, I know what my sin is. Listen to me. The devil is making your sin more, more of a revelation to you than what the blood of Jesus truly is the revelation of you. That's what's happening to you. You're forgetting about grace. You're forgetting about God over you. No, no, we all make mistakes where none of us are perfect. But the blood over our life is speaking that we are holy. And God's backing it up. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm telling you what, that that right there is enough meat to chew on for the rest of your entire life. Yes. Yes. To just sit there and dwell on that and dwell on that and dwell on that. All right. Yes. Now. <clears throat> I'm going to tell you all this. I've told you all this before, but uh, if when we get to heaven, you know, I'm, there may be other pastors saying this to their congregations, too. But listen to me. If you get to heaven and you get asked a question, and you don't know what the answer is. Just say, I plead the blood. <laughs> it's kind of like pleading the fifth, right? You know, say, I, you know, there's all this jargons going on. I say, man, I plead the blood. I got the blood of Jesus over my life. I don't know what. Just answer the blood. I don't know. Because I'm going to tell you something, that'll get you through. Amen? Okay, let me give you the next one, the ninth one. <clears throat> 1 Corinthians 2.16. This is what God backs you up in. It says, for he who has known the mind of the Lord that he has may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. Listen to me, you need to quit saying you're crazy. You need to quit saying out of your mouth you have crazy tendencies. What you need to start confessing out of your mouth is that you have the mind of Christ and God backs it up. Amen. That you have a sound mind. Okay? Yes. Now, <clears throat> I'm going to do a message. I don't know when, but I'm, I'm working on it. The Holy Ghost has given it to me bit by bit, and I'm, I'm putting it together. About who are you influenced by? Are you influenced by God or are you influenced by the devil? And, and to have a sound mind means you got to know what the truth is of the word. Because a sound mind operates by the word. But you see, this is what's funny. The Bible says that Abraham, though he was 100 years old, and God said he's going to have a child, that he began to call those things that be not as though they are. Okay, that doesn't fit always in uh, worldly theology or worldly thinking. Right. Because if you're calling something that that's not as it is, then this is like, oh, you're just being goofy. You got to understand sometimes to the world, what we view as a sound mind. To them would seem like it's. Crazy. Right. How about, you know, Second uh, Corinthians 418. Look not at the things that are seen, but the things that are not seen. For the things that are seen are temporal, but the things that are not seen, right? They're eternal. So God's actually saying, 
Don't look at that. Don't look at that. Don't look at what you can see there in the physical. Look at what the word says over here. But looking at like that, some people can say, well, that's crazy thinking. You got to understand what a sound mind is. A sound mind is a mind that's attuned to the word of God and the truth of God's word. And that's how it's going to walk. So then immediately you're going to have naysayers stand around you saying, well, you're that's crazy thinking. No, that's biblical thinking. Who builds a boat for 120 years saying it's going to rain? When it's never rained, who has a donkey that talks, who walks on water, who parts seas. You see, God does things differently, but you got to have a mind, a sound mind. And a sound mind is one that's adhering to the truth of God's word. Amen. Amen? So let me give you the 10th one. The 10th one in. I may not even get through with all of them tonight. I'm going to have to go back for another round Sunday. The tenth one is this. Ephesians 2.13. Ephesians 2.13. But now in Christ Jesus, you once who were far off have been brought near by the blood of Jesus. Amen. The tenth one is that God backs up as there is no division between you and him. Now think about that for a minute. There's no division between you and him. I got a, I got a few sh- head of sheep, and I got a ram, and uh, he stinks. He's breeding right now, and he is stinks. And I went down this morning, and and we're feeding him some cubes, and he came up to the fence, and he's he's a real killer, you know. He likes to eat the cubes out of my hand, and so I said, my. Goodness, you stink. You, you foul, man. And so I threw the cubes off so he'd get away from me. And then I went back up there and I was finishing reading my Bible and doing that. And as I sat there, I kept smelling. And I kept, and I smell. I finally asked my wife, I said, man, do I stink? You smell this? I stink. And she says, I don't smell anything on you. And I said, it just must be up my nose or something. I just continually smelling this stinky sheep, right? Listen. It's not like that with you and God. God will take you right up onto the throne and and hug you and just take you right up in his arms. He's not scared of your stink. He's not scared. He's not. He's not. Oh, you know, keep away from me, man. You're stinking. You're smelling bad. No, the Bible says there is no separation between you and God because the blood of Jesus, again, has made you holy. It's made you righteous and has brought you right up into the throne. And you have a right to be there. There's no division. Can never be a division. Romans 8, who can separate us from the love of God? It's always there, right? You see, the devil wants to always get you and he wants to take you and he wants to he wants to separate you and get you away from God and the things of God. He wants to get you over here in a corner away from God saying, well, God doesn't want to talk to you. You know, you're not you're not you're not you know, you're not right. You're you're, you know, you stink. All right. But that's not true. The word says you've been brought near. There's no separation between you and God. The 11th one. And I'm going to quit on this one. But I still didn't finish. But 2 Timothy 1.7. We read this scripture. We quote this scripture all the time. But the other day I was reading it and it just, I don't know. Look what it says here. 2 Timothy 1.7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. Right there. God didn't give us a spirit of fear. So fear, just think about this. If you get fearful, 
Now, I'm not talking about, you know, you think of spiders on you. Right? I, I don't know how you really designate that. But if I see a snake, I'm running. All right? Let me just put it that way. I'm not going to sit there and say, God didn't give me a spirit. I'm getting out of there, assess the situation, and come back blazing with. All right? Now, I'm talking about the fear that says you're not going to make it. The fear that says your husband or your wife is having an affair. The fear that says you're, you're going to go broke. The fear that says you're going to get a sickness and die. The fear that comes into your life and torments you that says, you know, no one loves you. You're, you trust to isolate you. That you, you see what I'm saying? I'm talking about that kind of fear. God never gave us a spirit of fear. So that is not of God. So this is why I was talking about who's influencing you, God or the devil. Man, if that's trying to influence you, then immediately you can call it what it is. It's a devil. But this is what he gave you. Power. You hear what I'm saying? Power. And of love. And here you go again. And of a sound mind. He gave you power. Now listen to this. The one thing you can find in the Bible that never fails is love. Right? It says in 1 Corinthians 13, love never fails. So he gave you power, which, I mean, God's power is not going to fail. He gave you love, which never fails, and a sound mind to use it. He gave it to you. He gave it to you. You already got it. The day you got born again, you were infused with power and love. It's already there. It's already available for you. It's just, are you going to use it or not? So you say, oh, I'm so tired, I don't think I can make it. Well, I guess if you run a marathon, maybe. But if you're just overwhelmed by things in life, well, listen to me, you're being overwhelmed because you're being tormented by the devil, and you need to reach back into the mind of Christ and the sound mind and shut that stuff up so you can quit getting distracted by all of that, and you can move forward in power and in love. You're infused with power and love. What an amazing thing. Can you imagine if Christians really operated in power and in love, not just talk to good talk, not not, you know, not picking up a fence, just operating power and love no matter what. Can you imagine if you really understood what this scripture is saying to you, you could you would never be offended again. No matter what happened, you'd just be able to say, I'm just going to release the power, receive the power and the love, brother. But we don't. Usually we get offended and you can go get into anger and go back all this kind of stuff and go home, start loading the gun, getting ready, you know. Folks, I'm just telling you, love never fails. And you're infused with power and love because you have a sound mind. Amen. So don't let the devil tell you anything different. Don't let him lie to you. Don't let him uh, come into your life and, 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 and whisper all these things that are not right. Shut him up right now and saying, that's not true. I have a sound mind. I'm not crazy. I, I declare right now, I plead the blood of Jesus over my life. I have power. I have love in my life. I'm going to walk in love. And watch what happens to your world. Everything starts to just, just change. And light comes in. And blessing comes in. And victory comes in. Amen. Amen. So praise God. I've got five more, but we ain't going to get them through them tonight. 
And I, yeah, I will. By Sunday, I'll have 10 more. So we'll have 15. I'll start the whole thing all over again. But, you know, praise God. It's just we got to remind ourselves of this, folks. And I know, you know, you say, well, I've heard this preacher. Ah, listen to me. You, you, you never hear enough truth coming into our lives because you never realize that sometimes we just get into a rut and we just get going. We got to get shaken out of it so we can walk in some victory. Amen. Amen. So let me pray for you tonight. Stand up if you would. You at home there, listen to me. Stretch your hearts out and receive this as I pray for you. Father, I just declare right now in Jesus name. I declare that anybody out there tormented in their minds, anybody out there, Lord God, that's that's wrestling with all these these feelings of inferiority, these feelings of of the they're, they're losing their minds, the feeling of living in darkness and not being able to see straight, Lord, that these words go, these scriptures, these this truth of God's word goes into their hearts right now and begins to set them free, begins to break off chains, begins to break off wickedness, begins to bring break off the influence that the enemy is sending to them. And that, Lord, I declare that the blood of Jesus, I plead the blood of Jesus over them. And I just declare, Lord, that that revelation comes into their hearts and they tell the devil to shut up. And they begin to see that they're holy and unblameable and unreprovable in your sight. And Lord, the blessings of God begin to come upon them. I ask you, oh Lord, to bless them, bless their finances, bless their business, bless all their giving, everything that they put their hands to. Lord, I just declare it prospers and we give you all the praise for it, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. God bless you, church.